When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, this is the EFL Freezer Crowd Podcast, where we take a light-hearted look at all things football league. You scumbag you maggot. Matt Smith's really parrots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm James, lifelong Cov fan, and I'm joined each week by self-proclaimed Statman Luke and resident Millwall fan Andy. Gary Monk sacked after a, a nil-nil draw with Millwall as well. Although most <laughs> clubs in the football league would die for a result like that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be covering important news, a run through the games, and our all-important goal of the week. Yes. <laughs> 3-0 to the own goal. <laughs> so find us with a new episode each Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You're listening to Aston Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no sandwich. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Achtung Millwall, the real Millwall fan show, the show for real wall. And the most real wall of the lot is joining me on the show today. It's Mr. Mike Hayden. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hello, Nick. Hello, listeners. Good to be here. Um, is it me, Michael, or is there the faint smell of optimism abroad at in South Bermondsey at the moment? We've had two decent performances on Saturday at Boreham Wood and then last night away at Bournemouth. Um, two good shows, a good point, yep. I thought, last night. Am I, am I overplaying it? Am I, am I, am I being too, um, you know, too, too rosy, rosy tinted uh, in, in my expectations? Is there optimism about for you? I I think we've seen an improvement and a clear improvement um, um, wholeheartedly, probably in creating chances, which is something we found it pretty difficult. Whether we're still putting them away is another question, mm. which perhaps we'll get onto. But yeah, I think we've improved, although, you know, I don't think you can really overanalyze uh, the result against Boreham Wood. I mean, you would expect a team, even if they were bottom of the championship with no wins, for example, to go there and win cup comfortably against the conference side so I'm I'm trying to sort of set that result aside from any I suppose thoughts on it but yeah I think we we were really good uh, last night and I think we're starting to improve but until we get some more wins on the board I'm I'm cautiously optimistic put it that way Nick yeah I mean the the win is the is the thing and you're right to to yeah. back that up as a cautious kind of note and performances don't count in the in the league table of course it is a it's a results driven business as the as the cliche has it i suppose it's just two games where as we, as i said on saturday at boreham wood we weren't awful and that's been a step forwards lately because we've, we've had a few performances that have been very under par so that didn't happen saturday and i thought last night 
to go to Bournemouth, who were, I think they were third in the table yeah. as we went there last night. Um, and to take the game to the mic, I thought was mm. really hopeful because, you know, it, again, it's it, it's just one point and I think everyone's got to be realistic about that. But that's that's a big step forwards in terms of attitude to to the, to the game. And I think the upturn in performance is, uh, is alongside Zahor being fit again. Yeah, right. um, and he really has um, kind of risen the performances and the team looks slightly different. So you can see that maybe with an additional one or two players, if we can lift the team further, hopefully we can kind of get out of this mess of a form that we're in at the moment. So fingers crossed we can do that. But yeah, it was um, excellent. I was a bit concerned, I think, for the first 20 minutes when Bournemouth had a lot of the ball, you know, which you would expect them to do and they looked quite dangerous and I was worried that it was going to be a long evening but actually mm. so after that sort of 20 minutes we really um, got on top all of a sudden and obviously with the Jed Wallace one-on-one and I thought we were much the better side in the first half overall and you know I put on Twitter last night you know very pleased with the point but it, it wouldn't have been undeserved to have got three last night which I think if you look at as we mentioned the league table and a side that Bournemouth are no mugs. I mean, you know, I know they've been relegated from the Premier League last season, but they kept most of their Premier League squad together, actually. I think they only lost, I think, Ryan Fraser left um, and some someone else, um, who, yeah. oh, Callum Wilson as well. He went to Newcastle, didn't he? But uh, they've kept a lot of that side together. So that is really a Premier League squad. Um, so to go there and play the way we did, you know, we looked like a team that actually had a few wins on the bounce rather than, uh, you know, the form that we know we've had. So, it, it, yeah, it was impressive and um, hopefully we see more of it. They played an open style. I mean, they, 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 yeah. I thought they looked very dangerous early and I'm, I'm with you. In fact, they were there. Their, their two main chances came fairly early on um, in, in the game in the third minute and then the 11th minute. I've got two. Uh, situations noted here as, as good chances for, for Bournemouth. But apart from those two chances, right up until maybe the last minutes of the game, we largely kept them out. And I, I thought that was a real mm. tribute to that Mill 11 because, you know, listening to the TV commentary, um, you know, and, and even online, a lot of people were predicting a tough evening for us. But, and you know, initially, yes, you're right. There was that kind of flurry of, of, uh, of attacking intent by Bournemouth and they do have quality players. There's no you know there's no dodging that we'll come back to that question in the moment but I thought we did very very well to close them down and to start to work chances of ourselves it's probably mm. a side that suited us in some ways Mike because we had the chance yes. to attack well that's right I mean for, you know we know that we do struggle on the creative front and the only way we seem to be able to do that is if we just get a bit of space in the final third and yeah. you know the way Bournemouth played with pushing players forward that allowed a bit more space for us to attack, in, attack into and we were a bit more dangerous uh, the only other game I can think was when we lost at Blackburn where Blackburn played a very bit of a gung-ho style and pushed a lot of men up which actually left them quite exposed at the back and we were able to although we lost that but you know mm. able to score and were very unlucky to lose that match and it was sort of similar I thought with Bournemouth's performance you know we tend to struggle against these teams that just want to get a point against us and sit men behind the ball because as we've you know done to death we don't necessarily have the uh, creative output that, that we really need um, but teams that you know come at us a bit and actually you know try and push men forward it, it does play into our hands a bit and I think it did last night um, yeah I agree I mean the starting 11 was probably pretty much apart from maybe Danny McNamara coming in for Marlon yeah. that's probably the main talking point really. surprised yeah 
I mean, I mean I was. he was, yeah, he was too. Yeah, I mean, he was excellent against Boreham Wood, but as I previously said, you know, I think you need to take a, a, a shred of um, cautiousness when kind of really uh, analysing that performance just because you're playing such a kind of low side. But yeah, I mean, I fully expected Romeo to to start, so it it was um, a, a very bold move by Rowett, but one that paid off, I think, Nick. I mean, he was excellent. I thought he looked. I mean, I posted on Twitter. I thought he looked born to the championship. I mean, where, where has he been? And he, you know, I suppose he's been in St Johnston in Scotland, which I think is in Perth. So that's where he's been. But I thought he really looked um, comfortable. I mean, given yeah. that's his starting debut in, in at championship level for for the Lions. I thought he looked really accomplished and yeah. you know, real competition for Marlon, Mike. It is. I mean, he he looked a player who'd played a hundred championship games. Absolutely. And I, I mean, that's uh, you know credit to the lad because I, I genuinely didn't expect that at all. So he's clearly come on leaps and bounds at that loan spell at St Johnston, and um, and it's about time Romeo had a bit of competition. Obviously, we've I think only got James Brown there, who I don't think's fancy. I'm not sure he has much of a future at the. And then, you know, Billy Mitchell's sort of filled in there, but he's yeah. been injured, but is also more of a central midfield player. So it is good. And it will give Romeo a bit of a kick up the backside because I think McNamara, what he did display last night was he is competent going forward and defending. And he's very composed on the ball as well. Whereas you see with Marlon sometimes is he's a lot better going forward and sometimes quite erratic. So you've got two different types of players there um, that could, could really work well for us. Um, my only thing was I was sort of, I don't know if there's a cynic in me, Nick, but is, is Romeo out going out the door this January? Um, oh, there's these, you know, yeah, these whispers circulate, don't they? I, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. The, um, you know, the kind of aftermath of the of, of, yeah. of, the, of the booing of the, uh, the derby, which I don't want to get into particularly, but I think Marlon did take a stand that was yeah. contrary to you know um, the vibes that you picked up online, rightly or wrongly. Uh, take your pick, um, mm. and I think that maybe there was. I don't know. Would there be an echo from that, Mike? I don't know. Am I, I don't know if I'm over, well, over, over, overthinking it a little bit. I though. mean, that that was one of the reasons why I thought potentially because I think post-match Derby, and yeah, we won't go into it, but he he did obviously make some comments and so yeah. forth. Um, but also, you know, the fact that this sort of recalling McNamara's kind of bit out of the blue as well, and the fact he started last night, it kind of it sort of adds up to think maybe. You know, Romeo's kind of thinking about a move. I mean, you know, pure speculation, I must add. Nick. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, based on um, nothing, you know. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, <laughs> based on absolute guesswork. Um, but, you know, the three <laughs> things do point to that as a possible um, possible outcome. But, um, yeah, who knows? But, I mean, sorry to deflect from Danny's performance because, uh, you know, I think even, you know, if you sell Romeo for a few million quid and McNamara steps in, you know, like a duck, to water, then uh, it's it's a win-win situation for the Lions. Well, it's, especially if James Brown goes to St Johnston and improves. I mean, you know, it's yep. clearly um, the experience of, of of playing up there. I think it's Callum Davidson who is the manager mm. up there in in, in Scotland. Yeah. Um, and if James goes there, because I thought when we've seen James in the past, he looked like a prospect, but we he seems to have stuttered a little bit. So maybe going yep. there could send him back down south and improve player. So that would allow possibly. 
Marlon to, you know, to to make the move away. I, I don't know. I mean, listeners have to think of this show really not as not as any kind of authoritative podcast or any kind of like two serious voices. It's more like my nan and maybe your nan too, once upon a time, like <laughs> nattering over the back garden fence in many respects. It is. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it is. Yeah, it's absolute, yeah, complete gossip and um, yeah, speculation. Non-founded, yeah, no evidence at all. But, you um, know, that's what no. we like to do, don't we? But I think I think you could be onto something there. I I, I don't mm. know. I think you know the 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 aftermath of all that may have left a taste in the mouth for for Marlon and maybe from the club's point of view. Who knows? I don't know. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Let's let's leave it at that. I think. Yeah. Um, I want to pick out um, Scott Malone as well last night because I thought he looked very very effective on that left side. Um, and he's a player that kind of goes in fits and starts, really, Scott, doesn't he? But I mm. thought it was one of his better games last night, as indeed Ryan Leonard in midfield, for that matter. Yeah, agreed. I think Malone's blown a bit hot and cold for us, I think, in this loan spell. I mean, there's been some games that he's looked, you know, very good, where he's, you know, dangerous going forward. Um, he's got a lot of pace as well, which I think some people don't always um, realise. And, um, he, he's he's kind of a gifted footballer in a way, you know. It's not like having Tony Craig or Murray Wallace at left back, you know. He can play no, a bit alone, no. um, and um, he's he's looked dangerous. Uh, so uh, yeah, agreed. And we'd just like to see more of it, really. Um, I think following Murray Wallace's absolute disaster against Coventry, I would find it difficult for Rowett to pick him again at left back, certainly for a period of time. I mean, he wasn't in the squad last night. I'm not sure. What happened there? Because I think he's. Uh, I think I don't he was injured. Fair enough. Yeah. So maybe that was why. But I mean, I think it. You know, it'd be difficult for Rowett to pick Wallace on following that performance for a period. So Malone, Malone needs to make this position his own now. And mm. you know, I think if his contract's up at Derby um, in the summer, you know, he clearly likes playing for Millwall. This is his second spell at the club, and um, you know, I would see him wanting to stay. But you know. He'll only stay if he puts in these consistent performances. Um, Ryan Leonard, your point, I think, has been really consistent. I mean, he's just a solid operator, I think. You know, he's, yeah. he doesn't necessarily do anything kind of outstanding, but you need a player like that sometimes who can kind of steady the ship and, you know, kn knows what he's doing as a central midfield player. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ryan Leonard. I think he's, um, yeah, he's a decent player to have, um, yeah, run it, trying to run that midfield. It was great to see a midfielder put some solid tackles in and then run, run with the ball. It makes these surging yes. runs from midfield, doesn't he it? He does. And mm. that's, there's not few things in football that are more exhilarating than a good solid tackle in midfield and then a surging run forwards. And, and Ryan Leonard can do that. So more power to his elbow. I think, I thought he did well last night. Um, yeah. And Woods, the, um, the the perennial boo boy, I thought did okay for me last night. I mean, he had, yeah. He had one of his better games. Where do you stand on yeah. the Ryan Woods debate, Mike? Um, so I, I thought he was okay last night. I mean, I didn't notice him a lot, which no, I don't know no. if that's a good performance from Woods because you're always thinking, oh, fucking Woods has given it away again or he's tripped <laughs> over the ball or something. But I didn't actually see that last night, so he must have played uh, okay. My view on him, and I've got to be careful what I say, listeners, because I'll get uh, a slap from Mr. Harry Warren um, at some point if I kind of compliment <laughs> Woods. Um, but... Um, I there's a player in there, Nick. Um, there is a player. I think absolutely he, there is. He's yeah. got he's got something, and I and I'm sorry to the chap who was on on Sunday. Can't remember his name, but he um, mentioned um, when he saw Ryan Woods play for Shrewsbury against Millwall, uh, and I was at that game. Uh, and Woods ran their midfield. Um, and, 
there was conversations happening with the fans like, who's this ginger guy yeah. um he'd be a good signing and then all, all a few years later we've actually got him and they're obviously criticizing him but i think he's got a lot of um ability but we're either not using him in the right way whether he should play a little bit further forward rather than kind of sitting in just pinging balls or simply we just don't have the attacking players who are going to try and create space for Woods to try and you know play these Perlo-esque passes which is probably true so he, he just I think he's a good player but he just doesn't seem to fit in at the moment no, um, no. so um, I think Rowett's got a big decision because I, I assume Nick he's out of contract at Stoke in the summer and I know you'd have thought been, so wouldn't you yeah, yeah I mean, two years on loan he's been on a uh, I mean, probably a big contract but I would have thought he's probably thinking he's not going to get that anywhere else again but you know is Rowett playing him a lot because he's thinking he wants to sign Woods permanently and then is he going to bring players in who are going to kind of complement Woods's game um is is again my nattering over the garden fence uh analogy from from it as so i'm trying to overanalyze probably but is he trying to build a side round woods because there must be a reason nick why he consistently picks him um because if he started dropping him woods will go well i don't want to sign um so i don't know again this is what this is what i kind of think about all day I think you're on yeah. the mark. I mean, there is a player in there. No one can deny. I mean, there are moments when he picks a pass and I think it was Saturday against Boreham Wood. And, and you know, yeah. as we keep saying, we know it's only Boreham Wood. <clears throat> but it was the most beautiful pass forwards. I think it was in the, into the run of um, Kenneth Zohor, I believe. Yeah. I'd have to recheck the, the video. I haven't looked at it since. Uh, and there was a pass last night he made where you think, wow, that's that's quality. That's, that's, that's the next level. And then, you know, all the criticisms of him fading away you, you know as, as you said there you, you didn't notice him I, I'm, I I didn't notice an awful lot about him last night apart from maybe one or two moments which is not enough for somebody with you know that's looking to really influence a game but it's clearly yeah. clearly talent in there uh, maybe mm -hmm. Gary mm -hmm. Rowick knows that and maybe um, you know we'll come onto the front line in a moment but maybe with players that can make these pockets of space and run into the channel and all, all these kind of cliche terms, maybe with a better quality up front, maybe, um, maybe that's where Ryan Woods will, will come to the fore. I don't know. Because I looked at that yeah. front line at the start of last night and I thought, actually, that's not a bad, really not a bad front line. I mean, no. if Troy Parrott reaches his potential, and I think the boy's struggling a little bit at the moment, he's, he's possibly yeah. um, trying too hard. Kenneth Zahor looks quality, but he's not our player. He could go back to West Brom Shelby on, yeah. the, next, on yeah. the next train out of Houston. Uh, and Jed Wallace, we know about, you know, and and, and Jed um, missed a, an absolute screamer in the, was it the first half, Mike, when, when yes. he went one-on-one? Yeah, um, yeah, nightmare that, yeah. Heartbreaking miss. Mm. But we know that Jed can do things in middle terms. You know, you have to put that caveat in there that others can't do. So, that's actually not a bad front line by any, you no. know, if, if all of those players are playing to their maximum. Yeah. I think on paper, we've actually got a pretty decent side and agree with the yeah front three, certainly. I mean, you know, Jed and Zahor are both, um, you know, good championship players um, so in the upper echelons of the championship as well. And then, you know, we've so got the so-called wonder kid who we've not seen much yeah. wonder from, but, um, you know, maybe that's still to come. But yeah, you're right. If you look at it on paper, that should be, a dangerous front three but apart from Jed um, not a lot of pace 
I mean, Parrot's not that quick. No, uh, he's I, not. I mean, you, no, you don't no. see him get on his bike much. I mean, that, I mean, Mason Bennett, on the other hand, has got, a, you know, can press the accelerator, can't he, and kind of get down there. But, but I don't know, Parrot doesn't seem to do that. And um, I think he feels more of a centre forward Parrot. I'm not sure on the left side is necessarily his strongest um, strongest no. area. And especially as Carl Bates actually mentioned it a couple of times last night, he never shoots on his left foot. I think there was uh, one chance which he could have probably got a shot away on the left, tried to cut back on his right and then lost the ball. Parrot. So I don't know if the left side is his strongest area, but yeah, it's an interesting debate. I mean, I'd like to see whoever at the club takes a role in Troy Parrott's life to sit down and see what's needed because clearly there's a boy with a lot of talent there. No one, no yeah. one could have seen those videos for at the start of the season said that, that you know, anything other than that's, that's a prospect. He's come to the den to try and impress um, uh, Marino to try and get back into the, into the Spurs reckoning. I'm not sure he's doing enough at the moment to warrant even a moment's thought no. by Jose to be blunt. So he does need to do something, and I hope he can do it because he's a major, major talent. If we can get the best out of him for these part next crucial few months, you know. Yeah. Again, it might be. Yeah, we will. I mean, it might be. I mean, talking about Ryan Woods and our style of play not suiting him, that that could well be the case with Troy Parrott as well. Um, you know, I I could see him because he's. I mean, I think people need to basically stop comparing him to Harry Kane because we can see now what completely different players they are. You know, Kane would you know leave his studs in on someone, and he was a bit hustly bustly, which worked wonders under jacket and our direct um, style. Whereas Parrot is just this, you know, what if you were to describe your kind of like 18 year old striker at a Premier League youth setup, mm. you know, someone who's skillful, like, you know, he looks the part, but you know, he's not, he's not necessarily gonna you know, really kind of like dig in. And um, so, yeah, so I think, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure whether maybe he fits perhaps if he went to a bit more of a, I don't know, a bit more of a footballing side and no disrespect to Millwall, of course. But, you know, if you think of, trying to think of a footballing side now, I mean, like Blackburn, for example, when we played them, they really played some nice stuff. I mean, so where you can ping balls around a little bit more, perhaps that's a more suitable style because, yeah, again, it just doesn't look like it's working. But, you know, still plenty of time left, I guess, Nick, in the season to, to see. Achtung, Milbal. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, I mean, it remains a problem. I just noted here that coming into the game last night, Bournemouth had scored 37 goals to our 18 goals. I mean, that's yeah. that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I know... <laughs> You know, I know yeah. it's uh, state the bleeding obvious, Nick, but um, that's the problem. And unfortunately, mm. no matter how much promise there is in that Parrot, Zohor, Wallace front line, we've got to start getting the ball into the net. I mean, yeah. Jed's one-on-one, um, which should have been scored. Um, mm. I, I know many they can be missed, put it that way. But yeah. one-on-one in that situation, the advantage rests with the striker. Uh, the goalkeeper's got to react to whatever you do. Um, the fact that Jed didn't get that, um, speaks loudly about why Jed's still at Millwall in, in many respects. Yeah. That's harsh, isn't it, to say that? But it's true. It? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad place to be, is it? Um, no, I've been there for 44 years. You've hung around me. It's, it. it's good enough for you. It's good enough for Jed Wallace. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, I, I know. I think, um, again, he, he Jed's been a bit hot and cold, um, but we know that he suffers a bit from burnout, I think, doesn't he? And he, you know, he plays pretty much 90 minutes every game for us, doesn't he? I think he was taken he off does. a few minutes from the end last night. And, you know, I just think maybe um, he's suffering a bit there. Um, so, yeah, I'd, it, was a, it was a disappointing miss. I think he had a long time to think about it. Um, but also when you're coming up against Asamir Begovic, who's a, a you know, a vintage, sort of a veteran goalkeeper and played you know hundreds of games at a higher level than this I mean he read him so easily a, a player with more confidence probably would have taken it round him or yeah. dinked it over him but you know he tries to put it through his legs and Begovic has you know read him like a book so you know that was disappointing um there's a line in Tony Cascarino's biography which I read years ago mm-hmm. where he compares himself with Teddy Sheringham um and and Cascarino always suffered with the syndrome that he called the little voice, the little voice in his head that says, you're going to miss, you're going to miss, you're going to miss. And by contrast, um, he said that Teddy had uh, ice cold water running through his veins. He didn't have the little voice and Cass did. And I think maybe the little voice got to got to Jed a bit last night. I think we've all got a touch of the little voice in this. I know I do, listeners. Mm. Um, and so I think you have to be <laughs> you have to be compassionate in these situations. And what better yeah. place to come to than Millwall for compassion when you just missed the one on one? Yeah, I mean, it was a night um, for for what I've called here Millwall spirit. Um, mm. I, I think Gary Rowett, Mike, in his in his post match comments referred to questions being raised about the Millwall spirit, the, the spine of the team. I think yeah. we've probably said a few things on this show, querying whether these these players really do want it. And 
you know, I mean, listening to the pre-match build-up, you'd have thought it was AC Milan we're going to last night, not not Bournemouth. But you know, they're a mm. decent side, and I thought we showed enough to to answer that question. I thought that this group did, did you know, stick it yeah. to their critics. Yeah, and it would have been really easy to get rolled over four 0 and I don't think anyone of anyone would have probably been surprised. I think, um, but I look back at this awful run of games, and the really two games where we've been absolutely shite is Middlesbrough and Coventry. Um, but actually, in a lot of the other games, although we've not necessarily created chances, we've we've competed. You know, we've been in the game, we showed some effort, but we've just not necessarily got the points. So. It's one of those kind of kind of strange runs where it's like you're not you're not completely awful, but you're still not picking up points. Um, so, but that could have got it starts to get in your head, doesn't it? Um, so, I think credit to the character of the side to, you know, because they could have gone there and easily got rolled over last night. But you know, something in them has said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna dig in and try and get some points from this game, um, and they did. Um, and uh, yeah, credit credit to the team because it, mentally, as I say, it must be difficult to uh, go to a team that's probably expected to finish in the top two. And when you've been on a horrendous run of form to play that well and, um, you know, get something out of the game. So, yeah, well done to the team. I want to mention two disparate subjects here. One is the impact of COVID on the squad, because I think those two performances you mentioned there, which are very poor Coventry was coming back after the COVID break. And I think Borough wasn't quite the lead into it, but it was certainly not far short of it. Um, I mean, I, I, by, by burying myself in, in a kind of a nuclear bunker, I've managed to avoid this, this plague that's affected so many people (laughs) this year. Um, So far, um, touch wood. Um, A lot of people I know uh, have had it and a lot of people who I respect have said how debilitating it can be, not for everyone, but for some people it can be quite an extreme experience. Um, and I know that Gary Rowett's had it because I, one of my notes to myself as I was watching his post-match interview um, was how he seems to have lost weight in his face. He look, looks quite gaunt to me. I don't know if you mm. noticed that, or if I'm, again, gossiping over the back garden fence again, Mike, but um, <laughs> I thought he looked like he lost, you know, as my old nan would say, he lost a bit of weight in your face. You should be eating mm. your meat pudding. Um, I, you know, it's it's an unknowable, but I can't believe that a an outbreak of COVID, knowing how severe it can be, couldn't have impacted on the squad and affected some of these these poor the poorer mm. performances what do you think yeah I mean I agree I think it'd be I mean although they are you know obviously in the um, less vulnerable category you know being you know typically between 20 and 30 years old and obviously fit and healthy fit, but yeah. there's still a chance that you know they could suffer some symptoms and stuff and you don't know what that would be but also you know again looking at the mental side to think about COVID and so forth, you 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 were you would be worried about it, um, yeah. and Family. the impact of yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe spreading it on. So, you know, there's no doubt that that's obviously had a severe impact on maybe the way we've been playing and uh, recently as well since this this outbreak that we had. So, it's a season like no other, and I think this is maybe why. Like also, I'm cutting a bit of slack as well, I think, in regards to a lot of criticism, because it's just such a strange time. And, you know, it'd be easy to say just like sack Rowett, for example, which I just well, I don't think that's the article I mean, comment, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but it, I think we need to, we just need to cut them a, a bit of slack. Like I know it's the same for everyone else, but it, it can affect teams differently. Um, so, you know, 
it's I don't know what else to say on it really, Nick. You know, no, no. Like, I mean, the, the Rowett's the Rowett question is a good one because you know clearly form in the end dictates a manager's fate, and that's that's whether there's a pandemic on or or, or none at all. But um, it does seem um, not to take into account the peculiar circumstances of, of, of the season. Um, I mean, he's been affected with it himself. Um, the same kinds of things that would go through all of our heads. You know, you don't want to pass it on to your nearest and dearest, the vulnerables in your own family, all, the, all that kind of stuff. And that will go for the players affected. So I, 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 I'm not making excuses because I don't, don't believe in them, but there must be an impact of, yeah. of that event. Um, and the other thing I just want to just completely dive up uh, a point, nothing to do with COVID at all. But um, I'm just just um, picking up on Matt Smith, who was the impact substitute of substitutes last <laughs> night, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Poor old Matt Smith, Mike, because he doesn't feature in the um, the starting lineup at, at the moment, and no one can probably see a starting position for him. But then he does come on and get goals, doesn't he? I mean, it's a very Millwall dilemma. He sa- yeah, he <laughs> saved he saved us on several. Um, I mean, I think I kind of obviously celebrated the goal last night, but I kind of chuckled to myself as well when it seemed to crawl in. <laughs> Smith's got on the end of it again. Um, but fair play to him because, I mean, sitting on the bench, he must be thinking the same sort of question that you've just said. I mean, what can, more can I do to get in the side? You know, he is he is actually, we had this debate before, but, you know, a leading goal scorer last season. Is, and, yeah. you know, in a team that's struggling to score goals, he does seem to get a few, you know, and that's... Uh, that's it's the kind of debate yeah. to have. It is, it is. But I don't know. He just, uh, well, he does, obviously, we talked about this, but he doesn't really fit in with, I guess, the style of play, but he, he works as an impact sub and he did last night. But uh, I like Matt Smith, but I just think as well, if you've got Kenneth Zahor, who's, you know, a bit more of a mobile target man, I'm guessing it would either be Smith or Zahor, typically, wouldn't it, if you were to do a like-for-like swap, when uh, I think most of us would choose Zahor at the moment. Smithy is slow. I think I'd probably give him a race if I was <laughs> saying something. Yeah, yeah. Zahor. I mean, him and so I think uh, Smith and Pierce would be running with the goalkeepers <laughs> at the Pierce. back, I think, um, those two, blimey. Oh, there was one wonderful moment, I, I, I talking about, lack of pace I think it was the second mm. half Pierce got caught for pace I think it was almost like watching a, a, a statue with with like a little a nippy little um kid running past you you know running around the other side there was a moment in the second half where one of their players just beat him for pace I and know. there were the goal as well oh, Nick, actually yeah. because it looked like he was just walking in treacle or something it was like he's <laughs> buried his boots in the grass um it was just so easy to knock it past him um but you know what do you expect from an aging center half unfortunately but well um Harry actually made a good point last night I mean maybe we should be trying to look at a ball playing centre back because a Bobby Moore you know, well if we, if we can I mean he's <laughs> just no West, no no West Ham connections though Nick uh, not keen on that um, but you know we, we're if we're playing three at the back we're actually a bit light at centre half as well because yeah, if we Hutch gets injured which he's been known to you know a little bit light we're, so we're stuck yeah, um, yeah I mean just to put the others to be fair for you know we've prosecuted Matt, uh, Alex Pierce, but on the other side in the case of the defense he made a tremendous block in the first half I believe yeah um although it may have been the second half anyway it was a shot on goal and he put his body on the line to block it I mean he's raw good at that courage, he's raw courage. yeah he's a yeah I mean he reminds me again to mention Tony Craig for the second time <laughs> very <laughs> limited footballer but will put his body in the line but can get skinned you know kind of peeled like a banana almost um he's kind of like that but um 
I mean, I like him because he's a good, he's clearly a good leader. Um, you know, he's, he's key in the dressing room, but you know, at the end of the day, are you going to get in the playoffs with Alex Pierce as one of your center hours? Probably not. Um, probably not. So yeah, that answers that probably. You might just to close this out, you might get into the playoffs with um, Jason Malombi. And as I've, I've listed it here, listeners, end of a teenage, end of a teenage romance. Um, unfortunately, the yep. Jason Malombi romance is over, Mike. He's gone to Preston. <laughs> He's dumped us. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How could you, Jason? He's unfriended us. He's deleted us from his phone. Yes. And in he went now. Um, that's the end of that. Um, I yep. mean, we are we are clearly short of quality. He was quality. Um, it's gone now, so there's no point in, in um, yearning for what you can't have. But I think this window, which has been fairly quiet. I mean, I know we mm. had this club record bid for Jason and that, that, that got nixed. But, you know, nothing much is, seems to be happening at the moment. Um, I don't know yeah. whether that's naivety on my side to expect anything. It's, it is Millwall, so maybe nothing happens till 5pm on deadline day. I don't know. But um, No, I've not heard a ton of rumours either. I mean, no. um, I think I think we were a bit overambitious actually bidding for Malumbi. I mean, you know, we know that Brighton see him as a bit of a long-term, um, probably um, long-term plan for their central midfield. Um, God knows... What the record? What's our? Is it one point one million? So we probably bid one point two million to break the record. <laughs> um, <laughs> just get that over, so that the uh, yeah the, the press can uh, say Mill will break the record. But there's no way. I, I don't know if it was to show ambition, but the club must have known. There's no way they you know, were probably going to sell him permanently. Um, not for those, not for Millwall prices. No, no. not unless you can make no. some serious money. But we're we're not going to come in with yeah. Serious. But um, but yeah, your point on the transfer fund. Not heard a lot either myself. I heard a murmuring about um, God, I've forgotten his living name. Well, we've got one here. I'm just looking at yeah. the news. News. Yeah. Uh, no, the London News Online. Sorry. Um, yeah. The Motherwell's Alan Campbell, 22, is on our shortlist. So there we are. We, we can claim to be in the know, <laughs> can't we? We've showed us in the know, listeners. Some crap from Scotland. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I know nothing of the boys, so let's 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 no. keep uh, an open mind on that. So that bye bye, Jason. Um, we loved you, but you know you didn't love us. Um, the FA Cup, Mike. Just to close us, I I know we, we've mentioned COVID. We've mentioned Tony Craig twice. I'm going to mention the third time now in the context <laughs> of <laughs> the Tony Craig show. Um, the FA Cup. I you know it's, it's a cup competition um, that's, that's suffered its slings and arrows of, of, of uh, misfortune in recent years. And this season it's being played to COVID rules, so that all of the ties are one-offs. You know, played with extra time and penalty shootout. Um, I thought actually I quite enjoyed watching that third round, and it was quite um, you know there was there was some images on um, on the, the Monday night game with West Ham in the pouring rain up there in Stockport in the mud. It was like this battle of the Somme, you know, the mud yeah. mud bath and rain um, on the edge of a giant killing until they 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 got a late goal. This is wonderful stuff. I'm wondering whether this COVID inspired ch- rule change might have put some more spice back into the old. The old lady again. I mean, I, I quite enjoyed it. I don't know how you found the FA Cup third round. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And I, I kind of probably, like you, was a little bit uh, unsure because especially, you know, these little clubs like Chorley, for example, yeah, you know, yeah. having fans in the ground, though, let's go back to that, but would have been, you know, is an incredible um, occasion and to win the ground, Marine, uh, you know, yeah, win the game. Yeah. You know, uh, we can, comp- we can, I mean, we know what's that, what that's like 
you know the games that we've had at the den beating these premier league sides in the last few years it's magic and yeah. it's something you know you remember for the rest of your life you know it was the everton game you know it's an i was there moment really um so that 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 i was kind of concerned about because i was thinking well is it going to be as magic but actually these these teams didn't still didn't roll over i mean you mentioned stockport west ham got lucky there and crawley know, yeah crawley i mean who'd have seen that coming i mean i thought craig was going to be turned inside <laughs> out but see he was he was excellent and i bet i bet he loved being, oh, I bet he loved beating leads um craig but um yeah, it was it was magical, and it, it um yeah I think the thing is when you know the FA Cup it, it makes you smile, doesn't it? When you see these uh, little minnows beating some of the big boys, and I think maybe that's the uh, the underdog mentality of being a Millwall fan as well, Nick. But um, I I love it. Um, mm, I so, agree. Uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so yeah. Yeah, Lions, it's, still, it's still special to me, the FA Cup, that's for sure. Lions drew Bristol City in the next round, the fourth round, which would be at the end of this month. And then they did the fifth round of one after the other, which is unusual. But again, so, you know, times being what they are. Yeah. And we have the chance of Sheffield United or Plymouth. I mean, it's these are all low-key ties. And as somebody rightly put replied back to my um, snarky tweet in the week we don't really need a glamour clubs because there's no one there to see them there's there, there can be no leicester city at homes or everton because we can't have any fans so we may as well try and sneak a route through um in a classic exactly. style of 2004 you know and i think um i'd have been you know i'd have been so disappointed if we'd have you know drawn your manchester united at home and not been able to go as well yeah. Nick, i'd have been devastated Gutted. so actually quite a dry couple of draws we'll probably get knocked out to sheffield united if we beat bristol city anyway um it's sort of like yeah not 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 the worst thing that could happen, I guess. Uh, and also just because of this COVID break and stuff, you know, we're catching up with games. We've got enough bloody games as well. Well, this is so, it. Um, yeah. you know, I think, I think seeing as our four league form has been so bad, I think this year's, it's not the year for a cup run for me no, um, Saturday's fixture, I think, is away at um, Nottingham Forest, a, a, yeah. a, a fixture that is uh, evocative in the memory because that was the last time that the, there were, you know, a full stadium watching a Millwall side. So, um, again, another another um, important game. I mean, it'd be nice to go up there and play like we did last night and, you know, hopefully get a result, Mike. Would you fancy us up there? Well, yeah, I mean, if we play Matt Smith, get another hat trick, maybe that'd be nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, they're they're another side who have they've not performed to expectations. No, no, at, at all. Um, and um, we didn't play them very long ago. It was a draw, wasn't it? One all. At home. It was at the Den, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought they were pretty average uh, there. So yeah, I mean, if we can, if we can carry the, the thing is, I mean, we just have to keep playing like we did against Bournemouth. You know, there's there's no excuse. We, we've seen what the team can do against a really top side. They need to take that character forward. Um, you know, all of the attitude that they've shown and the quality as well uh, and really start to just be consistent and just getting some points on the board. Um, I mean, I had a look, I think we're seven points off the bottom three, uh, which actually kind of frightened me slightly because, um, you know, if we continue, we, you know, we 
we may slip further down. So yeah. it, it's got to a point now where we've, we know we can perform well, but we've just got to get some bloody points on the table. And um, hopefully this, this weekend we can um, take three points home from the uh, city ground. Make a start there at Forest. Yeah. Nicely done. Well done, Michael. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, um, Sunday's show will be with Mr. Harry Warren, the master of controversy himself, <laughs> appearing on the show for next Sunday. Until then, dear listeners, huge thank you to Mike. Thank you for listening. And it's Arriva Dirty from me and Arriva Dirty from Mike. Bye for now. Thank you very much. Hello. Yeah, hi, this is uh, Dean from Australia. Just um, yeah, thoughts on uh, last night's game. I thought, uh, yeah, the last two games have been very promising. Obviously, uh, change of uh, formation, change of lineups, um, having Pierce back. This is a leadership, uh, makes a huge difference, I think. Not, not probably the highest quality player, probably not up to this to the level of the championship, but we kind of need him as that uh, disciplinarian, just to organise the back back line again and um, yeah, get a bit of leadership, a uh, bit of a voice in there. Uh, McNamara looked really good uh, from what I what I did see. And having Zahor up front was just, um, yeah, hopefully we can keep him. He's, he's different quality. Um, you can see why West Brom rate him so highly and value him. Yeah, in, in the millions. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's the difference. We need a uh, quality striker up there. Um, and just having Pat Smith to come off the bench in the last 20 minutes was uh, really good too, just to, yeah, uh, get that uh, goal at the end. He's, a, he's always been a goal scorer wherever he's gone and whenever he plays. Um, but overall, last two performances have been much better. Um, hopefully we can keep pushing forward. Uh yeah, play more direct now. I think we realises that uh, we can't play his passing game, as you've stated many a time, Nick. Um, you know, I, I don't know about Woods. He just doesn't... Uh, he has his uh, moments, but uh, it's just not consistent enough, and that's probably why is that uh, where he is. It's just uh, his good games are really good, but his bad games are League 2, league two level. Um, there's just not, no consistency, and... Half the time he doesn't uh, do much with the ball except pass it sideways or backwards and just makes us a bit slower. But, you know, it's all about the positives. Getting a point against Bournemouth, high-quality team, is, um, is, is a good start and a good platform to build on. Thank you for listening to Aston Media. If you enjoyed the show, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Over the Till next time. 